Hi, my name is Sharon Green. I'm from Portland, Oregon. Um, I've been asked to share my NDE, so I'll keep it short and sweet. The entirety of the NDE didn't last very long. My family was on a cross-country trip. We were going to my father's grandmother's wake or funeral, and my mother was driving on the way back, so she fell asleep at the wheel. And we were in a minivan. I think we were in Mississippi. I'm pretty sure we were in Mississippi. The roads, the freeways are really wide over there, and there's a whole lot of land in between. So we rolled over quite a few times. We rolled over the middle part and then the whole other side of oncoming traffic and then into this like open area of land. Um, and the reason why I know this is because I saw it when I left my body. <laughs> uh, so I was probably about eight years old and uh, we, my sisters and I, we were all sleeping in the back of the van and none of us were wearing um, seatbelts or anything. And uh, I was dreaming like I always do pretty heavily. Um, and so I thought it was all a dream at first um, until I woke up in my body. Um, so what I saw was from a top view, looking down, I saw the van upside down. I saw um, the door laying in the middle of the field because it's a sliding door in the minivan. Um, I saw people walking around. Um, I saw my mom sitting uh, in the middle of the field with, she had a head wound, so like half of her face was covered in blood. And But when I turned around, I turned my focus from the field down below up to whatever is up there. And I, I call it the in-between because I don't believe I was past that energy field. That's what I call it, like an energy field, or maybe it's a dimension of, uh, you know, going to see what is on the other side. It, it was dark. Um, I felt energies there. They weren't necessarily male or female. Um, there was someone with me that I could see their hands and maybe just a, a little bit of their face from the projection. We were looking at what was happening down below. And it was almost like I was looking at a crystal ball um, but not really that shape. It was just when, when we saw it, there was light and it was the scene playing out and the people. So I knew that there was someone else there with me. Um, and they asked me, well, it's up to you. Do you want to go back? And I was a little confused because I felt like, you know, why am I now getting this choice when I agreed uh, something within myself, even at a young age was like, okay, I agreed to this in the first place. So why am I getting another choice that's so young? Um, and I felt like, well, I have to go back because I have to help my mom. It, it, and each one of us has these like soul contracts or whatever they are. That's what we've given a name to it as a soul contract. And I feel that in my soul contract to help my mother to heal generational trauma somehow. I started negotiating <laughs> as an eight-year-old. I started negotiating like, well, as long as I have this and this and this and this, you know, you know like, well, you're going to be fine. You're not going to necessarily know about it. But when it does present itself as aid or help or guidance, then you will, you'll have the knowledge that this is what you're meant to, to do and the area in which you're meant to go. 
And even though it felt right in certain situations to have this knowledge, it was still like, well, you could choose A, B, C, or D, because that's what life is about is just the experience of it. It doesn't mean that it's going to turn up roses and everything's going to be fine, but we'll give you the guidance along the way, right? Type of situation. So I was like, okay. Um, and, you know, I like back then I knew about magic. I knew about intentions. I knew about manifestation and how to do it, but I couldn't prove it. And I knew about toroidal fields. I knew about how we were all one and energy was just one being, but I couldn't prove it. Um, and so I said, okay, as long as I have all these things and you, you make sure that I have my guides, I have these, these energies around me that are going to guide me through this life, then I'll go back. Cause I know that I need to be there for her. Um, so when I connected with my body, I was in the middle of the air and I was still kind of opening and closing my eyes a little bit. So I'd get these flashes of where I was in the air flipping. And then I landed in a thorn bush and I, the only injuries I sustained were three cuts from thorns on my stomach or, and one on my arm. Um, and they weren't very deep for an eight-year-old to have experienced all of these things. Uh, when I tried to say something to uh, the nurse in, in the hospital, um, my mom just looked at her and shook her head. And so she's, <laughs> she's very imaginative. Um, and you know, there wasn't a whole lot supporting it in the eighties. The, the after effects of my near death experience were not always positive. I experimented with drugs and alcohol and promiscuity. And I felt as though I was not enough. I was not worthy for a very long time. I believe um, I've had multiple out-of-body experiences and spiritually transformative experiences throughout the duration of my life and not after my near-death experience, but prior to. Um, and those types of experiences can leave someone feeling very disheveled, um, maybe even crazy. Um, it was hard to connect with people that were like me, um, psychically, I mean, uh, because I, I am very in tune and very sensitive, highly sensitive and intuitive. Um, and it took me a very long time to separate the drugs and alcohol from the abilities that I had because those things will amplify these gifts of ours, but in doing so, the chemical imbalance will leave us feeling pretty crazy and even depressed. So I decided that I wanted to follow up with the positive aspects of these gifts that I had so that maybe if there were others out there that needed help honing in on their special gifts and talents, that I'd be able to do that for them. Um, it is hard. And especially because there wasn't a whole lot on mainstream television. It was just, uh, you know, you'd see these psychic investigation uh, TV shows and Ghost Hunter. My, uh, it was a catalyst awakening in 2016, um, where I did feel like I was going crazy. And I left a, uh, a bad relationship in search of a new life.
Um, that's when I stopped taking my handful of prescription medication and switched to cannabis and CBD products. Um, then a year later, 2017, I had some cancer cells removed from my body in, in which I realized that I wanted my whole mind back and not just little bits of it. And I stopped using THC cannabis and just switched to CBD. Um, I haven't taken any prescription medication since then. Um, just it's, it's my own personal preference. Some people actually need it, but um, I would, because I have three places in my spine that um, are herniated or bulging from a car accident. And I thought, well, I need all of these medications. I really didn't. So 2016 is when I decided that it was worth it to take the long journey to sobriety and to understanding uh, psychology. Uh, when I really dove down the rabbit hole and started looking into different behavioral patterns that I have um, and trying to understand them. Um, I have worked with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and DBT, uh, di dialectical behavioral technique, um, and they work. Um, I also looked into a lot of traits that I had surrounding um, personality disorder, like a borderline personality disorder, which has been said to not be curable, but it, I believe it is. Uh, if, if you're willing to First of all, when you're triggered, sit with that trigger instead of reacting. And then, because it's always going to happen, it's cyclic, right? We're going to have these opportunities to sit with triggers and get familiar with them, understand where they're coming from, and then give ourselves a choice as to whether we're going to react in the same emotional way that we do with trauma, or if we're going to take another route, maybe. And that's building new neural pathways, which isn't always easy especially when you're not surrounded by the right people, you know? So I've been building a community around me for the last six or seven years of people that I can trust and just trying to ultimately do better and be better than I, than I was. First of all, breathe deeply. A lot of people don't understand what the breath can do, <laughs> um, but to show yourself and others compassion in these times, because it's not just you, everyone's changing. Everyone uh, on a very cellular level is changing. Uh, we are tiptoeing around the beginnings of a spiritual battle that is gonna last a long time. And it's, it's really hard not to go into uh, that black and white thinking pattern because it's what we've been, you know, it's, it's our programming to be in black and white mentality. However, it is going to do you better to be in a gray neutral area than ever before. It doesn't mean that you have to give up on everything that you've built for yourself. You just allow yourself to see it in a different way. Um, it's, it's like when people see number patterns and, um, and they, you know, like numerology patterns and they base their life off of what these numbers are telling them versus you know, and, and they're looking for them constantly. Well, don't look, don't let, let yourself be surprised when these numbers pop up and then take account of it. And if it pops up again, then look it up. You know, it's the extreme versus the gray area where we can just absorb and learn 
and decipher for ourselves. Our world is changing rapidly and it's not given us a whole lot of time to identify our triggers. I know that a lot of people like me for the last decade, seven years or so, we've been working on these things so that we can help the people that are having harder time with it. They're at a lower density. They're at a lower frequency. It's because of those neural pathways are so deep, so deep. And people don't know that they have an option. First of all, they don't know that they can change. They don't have the right tools. And a lot of people are staying in that extreme mentality of black or white, where they're like, I am a full-blown shaman. I'm here to save you. And they haven't done the work for themselves. So breathe, <laughs> breathe and take the time to, uh, to do the healing, but stay neutral as much as possible. I think that's the gist of it is that, you know, um, a lot of people take things way too personally. A lot of people are, are really conditioned to, to freak out <laughs> when, when there's really no, no need to freak out um, because life's going to happen. You know, it, if in, by chance uh, you're experiencing things over and over again, just sit with that cycle and try and figure out where that trigger is coming from. If it's coming from a place of childhood trauma, then sit with your childhood body, which a lot of people will not because it's so hard because it involves neglect. It involves uh, abandonment. It, it involves, involves uh, abuse on multiple levels. And that sexual abuse is going to be the worst. And what people don't realize is that back to the days of the Nile, people were using bodies, beings, human beings for sexual pleasures. So it goes so much back. It goes further back than any of us really understand. And what that, uh, that sacral chakra energy, that's creation, that's creation energy. If we can heal that, and start to create from a place of uh, integrity, from a place of authenticity, and decrease the low frequency vibrations of that chakra, and just kind of cleanse it as much as we can, then there, there might be a chance, you know, for positive sexual creation. It's what people are stuck. It's because they've got all this trauma around that area, and people that they should have been able to trust, but they cannot. And that stems into other relationships where there are good people coming into our lives that we can't trust because of that, you know, and how can we trust ourselves even to create from a positive place if we still have that darkness? So ultimately healing yourself and uh, not necessarily putting yourself on a pedestal, but healing yourself and finding that time to heal yourself is, is the most important.